Welcome, everybody, to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast presented by Rocky Mountain Sports Network. My name is Jacob Burke, your host today, and we're getting started back up here. So I'm pleased to have Glenn Carlson back on the show. How are you doing, Mr. Carlson? Pretty good, Jake. Thanks for having me again. Looking forward to talking tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I also got my other co-host, Ashar Ali, here rocking the, the sick Nuggets hat, although the listeners can't see it. We will be going live um, here uh, probably in the next few weeks, so we'll get to see all of uh, Ashar's fancy looks. But how are you, sir? Doing well. Happy to be here. Look forward to uh, having a nice uh, conversation with Ian Glenn tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And we're just coming off a Clippers game that had a lot of different ups and downs to it. You know, I I think that the play-in game, or I'm sorry, the, the in-season tournament, I keep mixing the play-in and the in-season up in my head, but in-season tournament has been a little bit surprising to me with some of the com- competitiveness coming out of it. And uh, that game was a thriller last night, to me at least. I really enjoyed it. How did you feel about it, Ashar? There was a it seemed like a tale of two different halves to me, but what were your kind of main takeaways from that from that game? Yeah, I mean, I think we started off a little shaky, but then you know we were up by as many as 13 in the first half. So I thought we were finally getting control of the game. They made a little bit of a run, you know, to close out the second. Um, obviously Clippers had a much better second half. Can't remember if it was at the end of the second or the third. I think it was the second where they hit a three and then Gordon came back with above the reader himself. So that was, I think, a big momentum shifter as well. So yeah, tail of two halves. Um, you know, a lot of good things in the first half, not so much in the second, but I think they went on a 10-0 or 10-2 run to close things out in the fourth, which really cemented the win for them. And um, but yeah, I mean it it got a little uh tricky going down the, to the wire because it could have gone another way. I mean there was a point where I was like, I don't know about this. I mean, they're, they're, the Clippers were hitting their threes. The Nuggets really couldn't do much of anything on offense, especially on a night where I think, you know, Michael Porter Jr. obviously was not at his best offensively. So Gordon kind of stepped a little bit. Reggie Jackson, I think, had a good offensive game. So, and Jokic opened himself, right? He hit a 23 from the field is not what we expect from Nikola. But in spite of all that, to come back with a you know, close victory, that's, that's what championship teams do. Yeah, Jokic shooting that much this early in the season. Does it surprise you as much as it surprises me, Glenn? I, I don't think so. I think that's a direct result of Murray going down. And I think Jokic knows yeah. that he, he's going to need to uh, carry a heavier load, probably definitely on the offensive side, you know, put more buckets in for sure. He obviously – he always grabs a ton of rebounds, so I think we're used to that. But, yeah, he's taking shots. I you know, last night he was very aggressive about getting to the free throw line. And, you know, I think especially towards mid to late fourth, or actually when he came back in in the fourth, rather, his aggressiveness is really what, what got us back in the game and eventually got us the win, I think. Yeah, I mean, we take Jokic for granted, I feel like, sometimes. I mean, he he rarely has an inefficient night. And, you know, I see online that people are saying, oh, he wasn't great that game. I mean, he had 32-16-9 still. And they're saying it was an off night, right? Like, that's that's a that's a best game of career for, like, 99% of NBA players. So, regardless of the efficiency, right? 
I think the one thing real quick, if you don't mind, Jake, me just chiming in is the this is the difference between I think Nicole Jokic this year than maybe years past, right? So I've seen it even when someone goes down where maybe Nicole Jokic is more of a path first guy trying to get the team involved before he needs to take over. Whereas I think this year he understands that with Murray out, there is, I mean, he's still gonna always look to get the team involved, but he knows when to be aggressive to make sure the Nuggets either A don't fall behind or lose momentum, right? So 23 shots, that's a lot. But again, I like the aggressive Jokic. When Jokic is, Jokic is aggressive, I don't care how many shots he's missing. He's going to do, you know, he's going to find a way to get the rest of the team involved. But being aggressive for me is a, another uh, step in the right direction from a leadership perspective. Because quite frankly, when he was off the court yesterday, we weren't as solid, right? So you know, the most, again, most again. media has talked about it, right? So it's the non-Jokic minutes. How do, you, how do the Nuggets stay competitive and whether they're up? You know, maintain that lead or if they're down, you know, don't get too far, too far behind. Jokic being aggressive and, you know, taking the ownership offensively, 14 free throws. I mean, that's, I mean, actually, it's 14 of 14 from the free throw line, which is good, right? Because just free throws been a little bit shaky, right? He hasn't been as good as years past. So to see him go 14 of 14 yesterday made up for his lackluster shooting. Yeah, I told my wife, I was like, man, he's shooting some clutch free throws right now. I'm not used to yeah. this. Oh, <laughs> Jokic seems to to like to miss clutch free throws. I think he just wants a more of a challenge. But last night was was incredible on the on the strike for him. So, you know, I feel like last night was indicative of a game we might have lost even last year or the year before. Even while you know Jokic was in that MVP mode still in the last few years. Yeah, I feel like last year, you know, th- this kind of game. We probably would have would have let it slip away, and to me, really, the defense is what stands out. I don't know about you guys too, but I don't know where 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 the heck Michael Porter Jr.'s shot went. Oh, that! <laughs> I mean, that that is that is something that I mean. It's it, I almost felt like you know in the finals last year, I mean, it was non-existent, right? I mean, Michael Porter's shot was it's as if there was a Lit on the basket and he just couldn't make anything for the library. I figured, you know, take the offseason, he gets a shot back and he'll start the season well. Aside from a couple games, he had a good game in Houston, 25 points there, right? A couple others. But yes, I mean, he just beams off. And there were shots yesterday where there were wide open threes where he does not miss a shot, right? And he was just, he was off, right? And again, if you, if you have even 80% of Michael Porter Jr. back to what he's supposed to be, Nuggets win by 10 plus points yesterday, right? Because Jokic is finding the right open guy. They're all, you know, swinging the ball well. But yeah, I agree with you, Jack. I have no idea. Is it a confidence thing? Is it, you know, is something else going on that we just don't know about? Is his ankle still bothering him? I mean, I don't know what it is, but he's got to figure it out because this team needs his offense. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't that. seen I haven't seen Porter be this cold for this long, no. except for when he injured his back. That first nine games of that uh, was it twenty two to twenty three? No, it was the year before that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. Yeah, yeah, twenty one, twenty two. But go ahead, go on. Oh, I was gonna say, you know, and I think, I think in years past, when when Porter would go ice cold like this, he was completely MIA, right? Um, I think where he has improved, and I do want to give him just a little bit of credit. Credit. <clears throat> um, and I think it, it got him a little bit jump-started at, at that point last night, but it was a little bit too late. As usually he'll get to the hole, you know, get to the rack. And he did have a couple layups. 
Uh, one that he smoked and missed it, uh, unfortunately. But and then he did hit a couple of threes immediately right after that. You know, Scott Hastings always talks about just seeing the ball go in the bucket can sometimes get a guy going. And you know, I think that was the case for Porter last night, but it was pretty late in the game at that point. And I'm encouraged by it because, and I'm and don't get me wrong, I've I've been a big critic of Porter at times for sure. But uh, you know, he's he's helping out on the glass and helping out down low. Last night, uh, if you guys remember, when he snatched that ball away underneath the rim from three yeah. guys, that was a yeah. huge play, a huge play. And the Clippers had all the momentum at that point, and that was kind of the only thing that really stopped it. So, so you know, it's, it, we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you, Glenn. I think in years past, or in la- at least in the last couple of years, if his shot wasn't going, it kind of, like, disrupted the entire his entire, like, head in the game, right? Like, he wouldn't be there on defense. He wouldn't hustle on the board. And it's, you know, he would lie on his offense to get him going. This year, you know, I don't think he's letting his shot affect him. And, again, we say that and we're criticizing Porter, yet you go back and look at it, he's still averaging 16 and 8 on 47% shooting, right? That's still a, that's still a productive 11-game, you know, sample. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're we're a little bit spoiled because yeah. it was his what second season. He had the most efficient season of any nineteen Ever. plus. Absolutely, yeah, right. Game scorer. So, yeah, I, we're used to seeing you know a forty-two percent shooter at worst, and mm-hmm. I think he's around thirty-five right now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm willing to kind of let it. I mean, if it goes on for another, let's call it like ten games, fifteen games, then it's like. That's a good enough sample size to be like, okay, what what is actually going on? Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, and it's a good segue into the defensive side of the ball, which Porter has been, I mean, improving. Even last year he showed he was becoming a more capable defender. And then into the playoffs is when it really, he really flourished. And he said, okay, he can be a plus defender on any given night. You know, he might not be consistent enough yet, but the Nuggets scheme and team defense this year. I mean, I'm used to the Nuggets not playing defense until December. That's just their motto. Like, you know, I especially Jokic because he has to spend so much energy to play defense. And Aaron Gordon last night said. We have the best clutch defense in the league. And I kind of agree with him. It just seems like. Before they they like to sw- to flip this the switch really late in games, but I feel like they're starting from a higher baseline now of where their defense is at, and still kind of turning it up when it matters. Kind of reminds me of the of the '90s Bulls, how they mm-hmm. would also do that, where they would just like ratchet up the intensity in the third and fourth quarter. So yeah, what what are you seeing on the defensive end, Glenn? That has you excited and do you think has contributed maybe the most to them being I, – I don't know after last night. I haven't seen the updated. But but coming into last night, I believe they were the seventh – sixth or seventh-ranked defense in the NBA. Yeah, so we moved up a couple spots after last night. Uh, I think we're sitting at okay. fifth. And, I mean, you know, for Michael Malone to have his team obviously coming off a championship and, and locking in and being a top-five team in the NBA on defense, I would be – very excited about that, you know, especially, you know, we're missing Murray, obviously. He's a key contributor to the team as a whole. But, um, you know, I think I think KCP is just, just so defensive-minded at all times. 
He has active hands. He changes the games, you know, with tips and steals and deflections just throughout the night, you know. And so, um, no, I, I really like where our defense is at right now. Obviously, there's concerns with the bench, and I think I, the one thing that I continue to see still, and I think it's really just maturity and experience, but uh, just misrotations, miscommunication on defense, uh, especially down low. I think other than that, I'm encouraged. Yeah. So, yeah, all great points that Glenn made. The thing that I think I'm most encouraged about, so a couple of things. I think between Gordon and KCP, we have two of the top 10, 15 defenders in the league, right? When you have those two in your starting lineup, you're going to be competitive defensively. Jokic is never going to be a top 5, 10 defender, but he's showing improvement. He's showing signs of, you know, more lateral quickness. He's going to block shots and contest more shots, which I'm always encouraged by. But I think the biggest difference in this year's defense, it's it has to be Michael Porter, right? And the example of that I would use is the Dallas game. So there were, there were reports where they said that Dallas was intentionally sw- um, making the switch um, on Doncic to Porter to make sure that Doncic takes advantage of that matchup. And if you look at the stats of what Doncic did against Porter, it was not good, right? He had multiple turnovers, Porter forcing a lot of tough shots. And it earned him defensive player of the game, you know, uh, the chain, which is amazing to see because if that was last year's Michael Porter Jr., I don't think you see that. I think Doncic exploits it, and, you know, it's possible that Malone may have just taken him out because he can't afford to have Porter out there not playing D. This year, you're not going to be able to do that. I think Porter's finally learning that he's got all the skills and capability to be a decent to above-average defender. The one thing you can't teach, height. There's not many small forwards in the NBA that are 6'10", right? So to be able to use that height to not just disrupt shots, but to, you know, knock balls away, get into passing lanes, those are the things that I think he's starting to learn that you don't have to be the best defender. Use your length, affect shots, make it difficult, and that alone is going to, you know, just get his confidence up to where he can feel like, yeah, I can be a good defender, right? So I think you're seeing him grow more and more. And so it's not just in, in shooting, right? So now he's being able to impact the game on our levels. And you combine that with what the rest of the offenses or the starters are doing. And yeah, it's no surprise that we have the you know, top five defensive league. So I think it's something that we're going to continue to excel. We're going to get better. I mean, look, I mean, people were talking about KCB getting some defensive player of the year consideration. I mean, he guards everyone. He's been absolutely amazing. And then we know what Gordon brings to the table. I mean, it looks like he hasn't lost a beat from last year's playoffs, right? He was probably our most critical defender and he continues to guard whoever he needs to guard, whether it's a big or a small. Um, and it's 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 a nice problem for Malone to have, whether it's going to be KCP or whether it's going to be Gordon or whoever guarding the team's top offensive player, right? Yeah, Sharon, just to maybe uh, bump on that just a little bit. Um, yeah, I think especially through this stretch with Murray out, I think Reggie helps the defensive end of the floor big time as well. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's got he's, he's a little bit like KCP uh, and then he's got great hands but he's got even even better feet and he moves well and he disrupts a lot of passing lanes. And, uh, you know, I think that's certainly adding to our defensive strength right now. Great. Yeah, I think Reggie has been a plus defender. I mean, there's certain times when he's not just because of his size because, you know, he can't probably can't switch out onto a big as well um, as Murray could, for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with what kind of a shard said with Porter becoming that type of defender, and then you start to look at the the layout of our starting lineup, Murray became pretty much an average defender, and 
has been good at times, but there hasn't really been any weak links this year with Jokic stepping up his intensity. And I mean, he's as, as much as a liability on defense as any like seven footer is in the league. That's just the fact of the matter, other than maybe Giannis, right. Or AD, some of the freak athletes, but their scheme allows him to succeed. And now that they don't really have any weak links, whether it's Murray or Porter, it's starting to come together. And and Reggie's just Reggie has just shown a lot of effort to me is what really stands out on his on the defensive end for him. He's not always super disciplined. I've you know he's been burned off ball a few times, sinking too low on the weak side. But it's really just been his energy and his commitment to playing defense hard. I thought there might be more of a drop-off with Murray going out because Murray's been a pretty consistent defender in the last, you know, since coming back from injury plus some games. But, yeah, the defense this year, it's funny because we think about it was training camp last year where Malone was like, we need to be a top-five defense. And everybody was like, okay. Um, Even Jokic (laughs) was like, "Uh, you know, whatever. Um, And we ended up, what, I think it was 14th or 15th last year. I think the playoffs showed – and prove to the the actual players themselves, okay, we can be a top five defense. And it might not be as straining as we think, because now we've gone through a huge run to win a championship. That's the most straining part of their jobs ever is getting to that point. So now it might just come a little bit easier to them. But, I, you know, I do want to touch on Reggie a little bit more because I'm not going to lie, I was wrong. I did not like the Reggie Jackson mid-level signing. I thought it was too much money. I would have been okay with a vet min. I understand his value as a backup, but him stepping in for Murray has been way above and beyond. Like he helped them win the game last night. He wasn't just solid. He wasn't just a contributor. He was a guy that made a really big impact in Murray's absence, not just last night, but games before. What are you enjoying about the Reggie experience, Hashar? Yeah, I, I'm I'm like you, Jake. Right when I saw that they re-signed him, especially what they signed him for, and I was I was like, "What is Calvin Booth thinking?" Especially, but I think there's reason for that, right? If you saw him when we picked him up last year, it's not like he he didn't come in here really doing much of anything, right? He was almost a no-show in the playoffs, but didn't use him much at all. So the small sample size we had of Reggie Jackson last year, I didn't think merited getting the contract that he did, right? So I was like, why would you re-sign a guy that wasn't productive for us last year? There, I think there were better options out there. So I was also a little bit, mm, we'll see what happens. But I think this year he's proven that he's the exact type of backup point guard that you want. A veteran that knows how to play the game. He's not going to turn the ball over very much. And I've been pleasantly surprised at how well he's playing on the offensive end, right? I mean, even before Murray went down from the bench perspective, he came in, he was still averaging close to, what, 10 points a game. He was doing everything you expected out of a backup role. And now being thrown into the starting lineup, you know, starting on the 18 last night, he's showing that he can also step up and play starter minutes when you need. And this is what you're going to need when you're going to make a deep play on the front, right? Reggie Jackson's always going to be one of the first, if not the first player off the bench for the Nuggets, right, into the playoffs. So um, the fact that Murray went down, it's a good insurance policy to have. I mean, we're point guard heavy on this team anyways. Um, between the rookies that we have, but still, Reggie Jackson, probably the most pleasant surprise of any of the Nuggets so far this year. So, really happy to have him. Yeah, and I think uh, you know one of the things that I, I really like about Reggie, like you, like you said, Ashar, I'm really surprised at his shot this year. You know, he's shooting 46 percent or so from the field, 
which yeah. for Reggie is pretty good, pretty good. And he's been hitting threes and timely threes at that, uh, which, you know, I think, I think timely threes can be more important than the number of threes you're pouring in a, on any given night. And so I've been, I've been really excited about that. The, the other thing that I really like about Reggie this year, uh, you know, especially being the primary ball handler right now is he's not turning the ball over. He's taking care of the ball. Um, I'm actually just looking at some of the stats right now and he's got one point, uh, uh, what is that? 1.2 turnovers per game, which for a primary ball handler is is pretty, that's a pretty good clip. That's a good ratio. And so I like that. I think he does pretty well in the two-man game with Jokic uh, when they're on the floor together. And so, yeah, Reggie's, Reggie's been a bright spot. I'm, I'm pretty excited for him, to be honest with you, especially being pushed, put into the fold, you know, late last year and being expected to come up to speed, not coming up to speed and maybe dealing with the fact that my years in the NBA might be limited, but doesn't look like it right now. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. He might have had that feeling creeping up on him that, oh, I might be out of the league soon, being, you know, salary dumped to, I think it was Charlotte, um, and then us picking him up on the buyout market. But to your right. point about the 46%, you know, yeah, it's efficient for Reggie, but he also hasn't been chucking with the starters, which I like. Like, he's going to take some bad shots with the bench. That's just the nature of the bench offense right now. And that's his job is to take some of those tough shots. But last night, he only took one three-pointer. He was 0-1 from three. Last yeah. night, where we couldn't hit a shot, he could have. I mean, we shot, what, 34.8% from three last night. He could have jacked some threes to try to get us going, but he didn't. He played smart. He played through Jokic. And he's understanding his role. And that's what I really like because that's what I was afraid of was a lot of people compared him to like Will Barton. Now, I'm not a Will Barton hater um, by any means, but he did kind of find himself outside of the offense at times. And Reggie doesn't seem to be doing that this year. He seems to be playing within himself, not letting the ball stick too much. I even compare it to Austin Rivers when he got here. He loves his little jab step, has he... You know, but over over the course of time, Rivers became a Jokic ball player, and we won a playoff series with that. So yeah, I've been I've been just more impressed with Reggie's buy-in, if anything, and just how good of a dude he is. It seems like just willing to help the team win and not really being a me guy or caring about the shots he's getting or quality of shots he's getting either. So. I did want to kind of touch base on the bench too here because taking Reggie out of the, the bench lineup has of course making them worse. It's and and Malone has done Malone's really tinkered with his lineups this year more than any year that I can remember, other than maybe the pre-playoff days. But bringing in he was bringing in Gillespie for a while for a short stint to get Reggie some rest before trying to bring him back in with the bench. But I think that's kind of made his impact on the bench worse, in my opinion. Man, the bench, we've had we had a minus 15 game from the bench the other night. Mm -hmm. And last night, I mean, it's not they're not terrible negatives, but it's just the production that they're putting out there. There's been a lot of zeros in the the box score. Uh, When you think about the bench and what needs to happen between now in game 82 and then into the playoffs who is your biggest x factor Ashar? who are you looking to like step it up a notch improve what do you need to who's the player that you need to see something different well i mean i think everyone expected christian brown to take the next step with bruce getting right and everyone just kind right. of assumed that well he's in the second year he's going to get more minutes he's going to fill that void and um 
I love Christian Brown. I'm, you know, I'm happy with the way did last year. But I'll be honest, Jake. I mean, I'm a little concerned, right? I mean, I don't think, and I don't know if it's the uh, preseason injury that's been lingering or what, but he hasn't looked the same as what we saw last year. I and mean, he had a better game last night. But I think he's got to be that X factor, right? He was pivotal for us, not in the regular, just in the regular season, even in that, you know, Miami series. Uh, Christian was fantastic, right? And so you kind of expected him to take that next step and uh, elevate his game to the next level. We haven't seen that yet, but I mean, again, we're 11 games in. So as you said, between now and game 82, I think he will establish himself between him and Reggie Jackson and goes back to his bench role. Those are going to be our two most critical guys coming off the bench, and they're probably going to be the two most um, significant players come playoff time as well, right? How much we're going to see of the other guys I know, right? Well, the one thing I do like about what Malone's saying with the bench right now is he's not afraid to experiment with lineups, right? There's a reason why you're seeing, hey, Julian Stronger had, what, 23 points against the Pelicans a couple games ago, and then yet yeah, he was a DNP yesterday, not play coach, decision yesterday, right? So, luckily, he's been getting some minutes the last few games, but he decided to um, roll with Jaden Pickett for his first game, right? So, he's willing to at least go out and see what's the different combination of players that I'm going to be able to leverage not just from that, moving forward, to help figure out what the right rotation is. And there might be a surprise there, right? We still haven't seen some of the other guys, but Peyton Watson, I think, is someone that still excites me. I know he hasn't been what we've expected. He's been a little bit inconsistent, but I think the effort is there. I think there's, you know, there's still a lot to be said there. The other thing is, when Jokic goes out, Zeke is on a backup center, right? He absolutely does. He, he, would, he didn't play very much the other night as well. So, again, I think Malone's just still trying to figure out what the right rotation is going to be. And I love like, the fact that he's not just settling. He is willing to experiment and give other players a chance to prove what they can do until we're, you know, maybe a quarter of the way into the season where he has a better idea with a bigger sample size of who are the guys that I can ultimately trust. Because come playoff time, we're not rolling 9, 10, 11 players deep, right? It's going to be maybe 8 or 9 at the very most. So we're going to know exactly who we're going to rely on. And between Reggie and Christian, those two are given. I think it's going to come down to maybe Zeke, maybe a Peyton Watson. I don't see the rookies maybe having as much of an impact in playoff time, but we'll speak. Yeah, and I think aside, you know, obviously aside from our four starters, minus Murray because he's hurt, the big question is, where's the offense coming from? I think we got some feisty guys that'll get out and run and play defense pretty well. But yeah, like you said the other night, the uh, two games ago, you know, the, the Nuggets bench had eight points combined total, right? Which is horrific. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, we were getting stops, but nobody was scoring whatsoever. And so, and even last night with the victory, um, you know, the points, the, the offense just kind of falls off the map. Once you get out of your starters, once you get out of the top four, top three, really, uh, in terms of scoring go. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm kind of with um, kind of with you, Ashar. I, I'm disappointed that Peyton hasn't brought more to the table. I think the talent is there. I just don't know what holds him back. I don't know if he's a half a step behind the game a little bit, you know, mental, uh, mentally or what it is at the NBA level. But um, I like the experimentation at the guard position. I think uh, Gillespie had a, had a great few games for what he is. Several of those games, the primary ball handler did not turn the ball over, gave you six, seven, eight points, a, a, a timely three in that one game um, versus, I think, the Pelicans, if I remember right. Um, I liked Jalen Pickett's minutes last night, especially when you needed that little bit of spark. But that, I like that as well. So, yeah, I mean, where's the offense coming from? That's the question off the bench. Yeah, yeah I like how you worded that. Um, Gillespie played well for what he is, right? Like, 
nothing against Colin Gillespie, but to me, I really did enjoy seeing Pickett come out there finally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. I kind of disagreed with playing Gillespie. I know there might be politics involved that might have driven or driven that decision, but at the end of the day, Gillespie is a two-way player, and there's kind of also a reason he's a two-way player. And Pickett, we have on, I believe, a four-year deal. So I was really glad to see that change. I think it, it took a little while, but I mean, we didn't drop any games for it, so I can't be too mad. Right. But but we didn't drop any games because we have. Jokic and the best starting five in the NBA. So right. there's still some give or take there. And kind of to both of your points, Brown has been the one where I watch him and I see somebody who doesn't know exactly what to do too many times a game. I understand with young players, you're going to have that and it's going to be okay to have that and let them grow. But I see way too many possessions still where Brown's catching it on the wing and he's hesitant to shoot. So he loses his shooting window. He kind of does a little bit of a of a dribble, but he doesn't really attack. He kind of just probes, and that's not his game. And he, he just seems to be kind of caught up with, okay, how am I supposed to handle this situation versus last year? It was very, very simplified for him. Right. It was play defense, run the floor, space correctly. And now it's like, okay, but now when you get the ball swung to you, you need to initiate. And he's mm-hmm. not really doing that. So it kind of scares me a little bit because guys, I to me, in my opinion, don't really figure that out within a season necessarily. He might, you know, improve a little bit, but Watson's the one to me where he has a lot more room to grow in a very short amount of time uh, because of his current skill set and how young he is, how he hasn't played nearly the NBA minutes Brown has. I feel like his aggression is just toned down in the last few games. I feel like he started off really aggressive over the last few games. I mean, Malone's had a, a shorter leash on Watson than anybody else out of that second union, right? So, yeah, Watson, I feel like, needs to play aggressive and just live with the minutes he's given because, I mean, if you're not playing hard, you're not going to play either way. And Malone, I feel like, has given him a lot of extended run when in years past, he probably wouldn't have stuck with a rookie that long playing like that. Yeah. But our top five defense is attributed to the bench. It's really just the offense. And that's one thing, too, where Gillespie kind of took away from that switchability and that defensive identity that the bench had. And now with Pickett, you can at least kind of go back to that. But I feel like a lot of the bench problems are really expanded because Murray is not there to stagger. At the end of the day, we knew that there would be injuries. There would be timeout. Maybe not this extended amount of time, but some sort of time. So other than the current guys improving, I know, Ashar, you kind of mentioned before the show here, you know, we might be looking at some later season trades if that bench unit doesn't get it together. Uh, Going off of that, Glenn, do you think like – Malone should write it out this year and and Booth, of course, but I feel like Booth probably takes his cues from Malone. Just try to get to the playoffs and see what happens. Or are you more open to making some moves if because we're we're eleven games in, so it's not a tiny sample yeah. size, right? Right. No, it, it's it's definitely early. There's a lot of experimentation going on with the Murray injury. That's you know throws a throws a a wild card in there as well. But um, I I think. Just watching and, and knowing, you know, kind of knowing Malone's system over the years, I think he's inclined to, to ride with what he has. And, you know, Malone Malone is a defensive-minded coach, right? And so if these guys are running the floor, 
given him defensive effort, and we're able to get enough offense out of our scorers to win games like we have been, then, yeah. you know, I mean, my, I mean, the question would be like, why mess with that? That That is working yeah. at the moment, right? For sure. So, Ashar, do you, I mean, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree. My, my, my concern, though, going with the bench is that that Houston game, I think you brought up, right, where they had eight points. Malone came out in the press conference afterwards and he called that unit up saying that, look, he can coach them all day long, but what he can't do is coach effort, right? And he, he called them out for not having the effort and the desire to want to help this team the way that he knows that they can. And that's a concern, right? So the eight points is the eight points. But if you're not having the effort, that tells me that there's something else going on. Now, they did respond a little bit better yesterday. But the, the, the fact of the matter, I think that because we have such a good starting five, that almost kind of disguises what the bench has done. And they've been up and down this year. So the question is, if they, you know, if you're midway through the season or maybe right around the all-star break, you know, before the trade deadline, if the bench is performing at or near what they've done in the first 11 games, if I'm Calvin Booth, I I've got to at least start making phone calls, right? Where I've got to take some of the pressure off the starters and know that if the starters are off the court and I have to rely on someone on the bench, who can I just plug in where they're not going to help, you know, where they're going to help, you know, facilitate and being able to score where if a if a Jokic is up or Murray is up or one of them, right? You've got to be able to rely on the bench. You can't just be up 10 points all of a sudden starters go out, the bench comes in. And they get out for 21 to 1 or 5, right? And all of a sudden you're down by six by the time you put Jokic back in that second quarter. You've got to be able to find offense on that bench that's going to be able to at least keep the momentum going or keep us afloat while it's going to break. But the one thing I'll mention real quick about the bench, um, Jake and team, is I do like the fact that um, Malone's been willing to have one of the stars before Murray got out. He was he wanted, I think he was trying to have either Jokic or Murray with the bench unit at all times just to have. Yeah, some presence they're saying, hey, I'm not just going to have all five bench players play at the same time. I'm going to have one of my starters. Yesterday, he did that with Aaron Gordon. Um, Porter's been in more involved with the bench as well. So I do like that tinkering as well. But yeah, I guess it's let's see what happens over the next you know month or so. But I can't imagine I'll get standing pat if the bench doesn't improve, especially from an offensive perspective. Yeah, I would say wait till Murray gets back and see how it changes the dynamic again. Like we got a, a decent sample size with him and them. And the, and I thought the bench was doing pretty damn good through the first, you know, six games yeah. or so. Um, so I would probably just err on the side of, of patience with that and get Murray back. I am excited to see more Pickett. I really just thought he would really help that unit. But I think that Pickett needs to be out there with another shooter. Now they did that with KCP last night, which was I think more for defensive purposes than it was for their offense um, based on the Clippers having just a loaded starting lineup and staggering a lot of those guys. But I am excited to see Pickett play more. One of the things Calvin Booth said before when we drafted him was he is one of the best guys in that draft that could generate three-pointers for other players mm-hmm. by penetrating the paint and kicking so whether it's strother or porter those are the two guys i look at and it's like if you can insert one of those two with Pickett into that bench unit then i start to see more spacing and more fluidity and honestly i just i wish he would go to porter more with the bench i'm not sure about the ag stagger um it seems like he kind of just fades away a little bit when he's with the bench i feel like Jokic probably enhances his skill set 
so much that he's just better with the starters. And if someone's going to take a bad shot out of anybody on the team, that's not Jokic or Murray. I'd like it to be Porter. Yeah, agreed. And and so if we're not generating great looks, at least we can throw it to Porter with five, six seconds on the clock, and he can get something off that has a chance to go in. So any other last bench thoughts from you guys on anything you might want to see your adjustments be made? I know there's a lot of experimenting going on, which I've I've liked to see this year. It's cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot to learn still, right? Um, and I think with some of these bigger victories that we've had, the bench unit has has gotten a time to shine, you know, especially at the guard position. I, I'm excited to see the next couple games are on the road. I think Pelicans, and I think after that, maybe Cleveland. So I'm excited to see them bounce back, you know, after what they did in Houston, right? Um, they got to get confidence on the road, and they got to be, um, you know, knowing that hey. If you're not a ball arena, you still got to play well on the road. Um, they have two winnable games, I think, in Cleveland and uh, uh, New Orleans. So I'm excited to see what they do the next couple games and get some of that road conference back. Yep. Best record in the NBA. I didn't think I'd hear it this early in the season. So <laughs> it's been it's been really fun to watch. And Jokic for four straight MVPs, that's, that's, uh, that's how I'm going to rewrite history. But <laughs> I think that's probably going to do it for us today, guys. It's been fun watching, and we're probably going to do another one here in the next day or so. Uh, get into some of the play, or here I go again with playing some of the in-season tournament talk. Uh, I really, really want to get into that and kind of go over our group and what some potential matchups look like for us in that tournament and if Jamal Murray might make an appearance for the first time in a month in that tournament. So that's what I'm looking forward to next uh, episode, but I really appreciate everybody tuning in to the 5280 Nuggets Fast Break Podcast. As always, you can go to RockyMountainSN.com and catch any of our uh, shows or articles. We cover all of the major sports in Denver. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. I'll get to you guys.